You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Getting Swamped. This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist, and a big recruiting week coming up, and big announcements are upon us as Jaden Rashada will announce his commitment on June the 18th as he took his last official visit to the University of Florida, which is good news if you've listened to last week to what I said about Bud Davis and the statistics he posted about recruits visiting on their last official visit. Let's hope he doesn't take another official anywhere else before announcing his commitment, which I honestly, I, I don't think he will but, I mean, crazier things have happened in recruiting, but you just never know. But, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see it happening. But, uh, anyway, there was a huge weekend of visits last week, and this week is the same. And I will have on Connor Clark from Sports Illustrated to go over all of these visits and some positions of recruits visiting this weekend who are highly ranked in that top 150 to top 50 in this cycle. Connor, he's very educated in the recruiting process, so we'll have him on shortly. But first, shout out to the men's track and field team for winning its fifth outdoor track and field national championship. Head coach Mike Holloway's 11th NCAA championship with Florida. Impressive, man. Impressive. But unfortunately, man, baseball didn't go our way this past week, but sometimes you just can't win them all, and they'll have to regroup next year under Kevin O'Sullivan. But recruiting will be our big topic today of discussion as it's been heating up here. And if you've not seen the pictures floating around on Twitter and the and some of the, uh, I guess, Things floating around there on the internet. Hugh Hathcock has been treating some of the guys to quite a Pacific-looking blue Lamborghini, as we've seen Anthony Richardson and Jaden Rashada himself taking some elite photos inside of the ride himself. So things are getting pretty interesting in recruiting. So right now, we're going to talk to Connor Clark from SI.com to get to the bottom of this and give his takes thus far in the recruiting process and his final prediction of where Jane Rashada could land. We're cutting to the chase here, folks. We're not playing around on this episode of Getting Swamped. We will have that interview in just a few moments coming up. Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom fit for your needs. With state-of-the-art paint and epoxy, you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom LEDs as a package as well. Give him a shout out on Twitter at WS Woodcarving. You can also follow him on Twitch and check out his Facebook page at White and Sons Woodcarving. Top of the line signs made from scratch. College programs must be competitive in name, image, and likeness. It impacts current athletes and affects the decisions of recruits. And Gator fans can put Florida at the forefront of NIL. The Gator Collective is leading the charge, uniting fans and student-athletes like never before. Commit for exclusive content, interactions, and events which bring you closer than ever to your favorite players. Also, by joining the Gator Collective, you're empowering these student-athletes to build relationships and develop skills that go far beyond just making money. You're providing an avenue for these Gators to excel in life. NIL will change the landscape of college sports if we can't be left behind. Gator Nation, do your part by joining the Gator Collective today at www.thegatorcollective.com. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast with your host, David Soderquist. Your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. 
All right, folks, joining me, I got another very reliable source here in recruiting, also a reliable source to you guys over there at SI.com, any of you fans out there at Sports Illustrated, Connor Clark, the best at recruiting, him and Corey Bender. I know Corey Bender's over there at On3, but you guys used to work together over there at Rivals, so have to get you back on here, man. And it's just a huge visitor weekend this past June the 3rd to the 5th here. But I'm going to start out here with, obviously, the man of the hour, the guy that everybody's talking about. Jaden Rashada visited June 7th to the 9th. Uh, just got done with his official Florida visit here. He commits on June the 18th. Also spent time with Anthony Richardson. If you haven't seen the blue Lamborghini that's been flown around there on Twitter with uh, Hugh Hathcock down there. Uh, they had a really good fun time there, but... Man, you can't let somebody sit on your Lamborghini with jeans on, man. It's going to scratch it up. But anyway, how did that whole visit go with Jane Rashada? What's the latest, man? Give us the uh, quote-unquote scoop. Oh, man, I don't know that I'm going to be able to keep up with uh, with the Bender scoops, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's my guy, man. I, I will never say anything bad about Corey. He's a, he's a great dude. Um, so to be, to be kind of cast in the same name as him, uh, it's an honor. It's an honor, seriously. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man. So, uh, I was able to speak to somebody this afternoon, um, after he got out of there, uh, from what I heard, everything went, uh, quote unquote, amazingly. Um, so things went really well. Obviously Rashada was there with Anthony Richardson. Uh, from what I understand, Anthony Richardson was his player host on the visit. Um, you obviously saw the, uh, the blue Lamborghini from Hugh Hathcock rolling around campus from all these kids, Snapchat stories and stuff like that. Great time to have that on campus. Great time to, uh, to show that off to, uh, probably one of the top remaining uncommitted quarterbacks in the country. And what is undoubtedly the top quarterback on Florida's board right now. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, for, as far as everything I've heard, all Intel coming out of Gainesville, now that the Rashadas have left the Sunshine State and headed to Las Vegas for a seven-on-seven tournament, that things went, quote-unquote, amazingly. Yeah, it seems like it from everything that I've heard from, uh, I guess, obviously you now and then a couple other guys there from what I've read, what Corey's posted, talked to a couple guys in Gators Breakdown Plus chat. Um, it, it seemed to have went amazing. And, and, and you got to think, too, like last week he took an unofficial visit and then the week after he takes an official visit, and this is like a 2,000-mile trip. Like, you got to really love the school to want to come back just the next week and take that huge, you know, flight right back to the University of Florida. And then on top of that, you know, you visit a couple schools there, but you don't stay as long. You come to Florida and you stay, what, what was it, three days? He left, what, this, uh, around nine, maybe at noon today? What was it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was either late morning or early afternoon for him on the on the departure time today. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you hit it pretty much on the head right there to come to all the way across the country from California to Gainesville two times in a matter of what is it, ten to thirteen days or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to fly all the way across the country. Um, obviously, like you said, he took official visits to AM, he took official visits to LSU. Uh, the LSU one was essentially about a day and a half. AM's looked to be approximately 44 hours or so. Um, and then he stays the whole time in Gainesville. He stays there for three days from the from the seventh to the ninth. Um, and made and found a way to make that work, squeezing that visit in. Um, before this national seven on seven tournament and before his commitment next week. So uh, 
from a program in Florida that looked on the like they were on the outside looking in when he released his top six, I think it was, uh, not too long ago, uh, as well as his commitment date um, to arguably top two and, and maybe not number two. Exactly. And it's funny how this all happened because it literally it came out of nowhere. I mean, you had quarterbacks, uh, you know, they were in contact with Marcus Stokes for a little bit. Eli Holstein, he committed to Alabama. Christopher Vizina, another quarterback they were in contact with, committed to Clemson. Uh, Dante Moore, a guy that's still uncommitted, had some contact with him. Looks like he's trending elsewhere. Arch Manning said he was going to visit Florida, but uh, I don't know. It looks like more of a Texas-Georgia thing there. Uh, so you're looking at it, and when you go down the list of quarterbacks, there's, I mean, not that many after these guys have committed. I mean, if you look at the top ten quarterbacks, all of them are committed except for three, four. I mean, four. I mean, Dylan Lonergan looks like he's going to be South Carolina, but you really, when you when you break it down, and you look at the quarterbacks that aren't committed, you only have really one quarterback that stands out that likes Florida, and that's Jaden Rashada. So. How this all happened is crazy, and and you know that's how recruiting works. And it, it's good to see that you know he had a good visit. He you know he visited last week, wanted to come back again this week, and uh, that that travel, like I said, is a long travel. So really good news for Florida there on the quarterback forefront. And I don't want to spend too much time on Jaden Rashada. There was also some other visits here from the third to the fifth, and one of those guys who visited over the weekend, Jordan Hall, unfortunately commits to Michigan State here. And Connor, we talk about relationships with the coaches, but parents having the relationship with the school and having that influence on the prospect can really solidify a commitment to that set school. Am I not right? There's there's never been a recruiting battle that hasn't had a parent involved. Um, And a lot of times in the past, unfortunately, that's gone the other way for Florida. Um, but it looks like Florida's pushing all the right buttons right now with a lot of these kids. Yeah, it's funny you say that, too, because usually when the parrot's involved and they got that influence, I would say the statistics-wise, maybe 80 to 85% that kid chooses the school that the parents likes and doesn't go with the other school. But I, I even said this, what was it, last podcast, I said with Jacob Copeland, it was really weird and it actually did work out in our favor because I think his mom wanted him to go to Alabama or it was like a Tennessee-Alabama thing with that whole family, and he chose Florida anyway. But I think that was the only recruiting battle that we had where the parents <laughs> wanted them to go to a different school, and they chose Florida anyway because, I mean, you go back to that last cycle. What was that five-star linebacker? He went to LSU. What was his name? I forget the, forget the guy's Harold name. Perkins. Yeah, Harold Perkins. Yeah, you know, He was interested in Florida, but obviously the, the parents had the influence on that. He goes to LSU, so good to see that. Some of the parents are really, you know, liking Florida. And Billy Napier, he has that personality that parents just love. They, you know, they want their kid to play for a coach that has that type of work mentality, that type of personality that really cares about the players, too. He's real genuine. I mean, you don't really get a vibe to where he's being fake, if you ask me. So let's move on to wide receiver here, Connor, a position we're really going to need to concentrate here on the future because we're going to lose Justin Shorter after this year, and we got a lot of new guys coming into the fold with little to no experience. Aiden Mazell, a wide receiver, you know, he had a huge jump in his composite ranking at Florida uh, this past, I guess, when they updated the on three rankings. He had a pretty big jump. I think it was like a 40-spot jump. Uh, he visited June the 3rd on that weekend, uh, ran an official 48.55-400 meter, which is actually fast. Uh, special shout-out to Champion Allison there, actually, by breaking that record. I think he ran a 44.29, I believe, 
in the track, but uh, he did break the Florida record there for the 400 meter relay. But Aiden appeared. He loved, you know, he loved his visit. Dropped a ton of Florida pictures on his Instagram. What's the latest on Aiden Mazel? And uh, what's his expected timeline? So Aiden went on uh, went on social media not too long ago, right after his uh, Florida official visit. Said one one official down, four to, four more to go. Seems like there's a decision pretty imminent after those official visits are done. I think he only has two or three more locked in at this time. Um, but that's just it's ever since Florida offered, it's just seemed like a kid that's Florida and then everybody else. Uh, both his parents went to Florida. Mom ran track at Florida. I believe dad did too. Uh, honestly. Um, so you can tell where the track pedigree comes from. Yeah. Um, I think the kid this year, I don't know if it was his first year running the hundred meter or not, but I uh, didn't see any hundred meter times before this season. And then just rolls out of bed and pops a 10, six or a 10, 500 meter, which is unbelievably fast at that age. Yeah. Um, but, but the kids, kids, a stud, man. Um, I'm going to be a little biased because it's from my hometown of Orlando, Florida actually attends my wife's alma mater. Um, at Boone High School here in Orlando. Um, but Florida did everything they needed to do. Uh, I, I don't see him going anywhere else unless something drastic happens. Um, but he does have Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama official visits all scheduled for the next three consecutive weeks. So, I mean, maybe they blow him out of the water. Something changes. But uh, I, I think it's got to be Florida for Aiden Mazel and uh, – I think if Florida is able to reel him in, that's a, it's a huge pickup because he adds a dynamic to the receiver room that's really sorely missing right now, and that's just explosive game-breaking speed. Yeah, I think a 10-500 meter, uh, I, I guess depending on acceleration from the jump and all that, that converts maybe to like a 4-3-4-4 runner there. So that's pretty fast. That's pretty fast for a young kid that he is. Uh, you know, as I said, barring what kind of acceleration you get from the jump, but still, that's still blazing fast. And it's funny because if you look at his Twitter, he posted something like Tennessee and he's like, I'm at home, but they always say that. They always say, I'm home, but then they get out of that visit and then they come back to another home and then there's another home. So everybody that's worried about that, it happens all the time. Don't worry about that. Um, another guy, dude, he's been coming up in the rankings a little bit. He's outside of the top 250 a little bit. He's a safety. Jordan Castell, um, do you expect the staff uh, to actually pursue him more? I know they got other safeties there on the board. Uh, do you expect the staff to pursue other high, highly ranked safeties, or do you expect the staff to pull the trigger on him if he wants to commit? And do you think he would commit right now if he, he was given the opportunity? Yeah, so he's a prospect that actually I know the staff is actually very high on. Um, another kid from the Orlando, Florida area. I get to yeah. talk a lot about these kids this year. Um, the Orlando area is stacked for the 2023 class um, relative to what they've been in the past. Um, but yeah, Costello, I got the opportunity to talk to him. Uh, what was it? Pro I'd say probably a couple months ago now um, at a camp. And he really spoke very highly uh, of Coach Tony, of Coach Raymond, of Coach Napier, and how how they see him fitting in the defense. Um, he's a big kid. He plays corner actually at high school. That's about six foot, two hundred and ninety five pounds. So he shows that coverage ability. Um, but I see him probably being a safety at the next level. Um, but Patrick Tony's defense likes to use a lot of DBs. They use a lot of five, five and six DB sets. Um, so they're going to load up on defensive backs. Uh, when you've got a guy like Corey Raymond on staff and then Patrick Tony's a young up and comer as the safeties coach and co-defensive coordinator, you're going to be able to stockpile talent in the secondary. 
And Jordan Castell, I think, is going to be another one of those. Um, he's got, I think, a couple more official visits set. Uh, but I was speaking to somebody around the area um, that's actually really well connected in the Orlando area. He actually runs a Twitter account called Elite Empire Athletes. Um, and he is very, very good friends with Jordan Castell really close with him said he thinks Jordan could make a commitment after these next few official visits. So uh, I think a timeline for him is probably over the next month or so um, with, with these official visits coming up for him. Um, But I think it's, he's absolutely a prospect that the staff will take a commitment from if he decides he wants to be a Gator. Yeah. He seemed very high on Florida whenever I, you know, I, you go across his Twitter, you look at things on the internet. He seems really high on Florida. And actually when I looked at his film, it was actually pretty good. I, you know, he said, I think he, be, I believe he sits at 260 right now in the composite rankings, but I'm sure he'll make it into that top 250, but you always want a top 250 guy anyway, no matter what. So, you know, with Corey Raymond, as you said, Patrick Tony and the way and how analytical Patrick Tony is, um, yeah, it's it's a no-brainer for any kid defensively, especially at safety or cornerback, to want to consider Florida as it is anyway. So we'll see what happens with Jordan Castell. It looks like July is just going to be a huge month for a lot of commitments for, for some Florida prospects. And uh, obviously some of those guys, I know Derek LeBlanc, he moved his date back. But, uh, you know, you got Malik Bryant there. It, uh, the other offensive line guy, Peyton Kirkland, they're going to j- commit on July 23rd. Uh, what's your take first off on that day change of LeBlanc? I think he wanted to commit with some of his other fellow schoolmates. Was that correct? Yeah, he's a, he has now a commitment date for October 22nd, which is pretty far down the line. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will be like, well, I'll pay attention to it when it gets closer. Um, but yeah, he's going to be committing with two of his teammates, uh, all three Florida targets. Um, John Walker, who I think is a phenomenal defensive tackle target. I think he's one of the best defensive tackles in the country. I think composite, he's probably just outside the top 100. Mm -hmm. Um, And then fast rising cornerback, Jakeem Jackson, the kid had a phenomenal spring, reeled in offers from the likes of Florida, Georgia, Alabama, uh, just elite programs across, across the country. Love his size, length and athletic ability at about six foot one, six foot two with long arms. Um, Corey Raymond does really like long DBs. Uh, he's shown that at LSU in the past. And then also, of course, who's he, who he is recruiting here at Florida. Um, not afraid to take anybody under the height of six foot, but uh, the game has definitely turned to where if you're a six foot plus defensive back, um, you're going to get a lot of looks. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the SEC where they uh, they love their DBs and where they play great defense there. So. <laughs> we'll have to watch out for, uh, I guess, a lot of that. I mean, as you said, July 23rd, still a huge date for some Florida commits. And, and, and October 22nd, circle both those dates on your calendar if you're a Florida Gator fan and you do keep up with recruiting. Uh, let's go a little bit of offensive line here. I mean, there's already one commit in the class, four-star IMG Academy and Isaiah Harris. Uh, we've got a visit from another offensive line target, Peyton Kirkland. Obviously, we just mentioned him. Give us the latest there on offensive line. What are the big targets Florida still in the running for? Yeah, so there's actually two two commits for this class. Uh, don't don't forget the guy that just committed, Bryce Lovett. That's right um, from from Rockledge High School. Uh, he actually just received a really large bump uh, on Rivals.com, going yeah, from a five point six, going from a five point six three star to a five point eight four star. So, congratulations to him. Uh, but yeah, so two offensive line commits right now. Um, you've got Nigel Harris, who is actually going to be on his official visit this weekend with 
target Peyton Kirkland. Peyton Kirkland is somebody that I think if you had asked me a month or two months ago, I would say Florida was the odds on favorite to land the young man. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't changed his commitment date still July 23rd with Malik Bryant, but he's somebody that likes to have fun with the recruiting process. Um, he just was just at Oklahoma. He's got Florida. He's got Michigan state. He's got Miami. And I think he's got an Alabama visit coming up uh, sometime in the near future as well. Uh, just a kid that really enjoys the recruiting process. And I, I know fans like to call kids that do that divas and stuff like that. Listen, man, can you blame the kid? You get to go through this process one time, enjoy yep. it, have fun, live it up to the fullest, man. I, I love Peyton. He's a, he's a great kid. I've talked to him on several occasions, just a infectious personality, man. Um, but a, a phenomenal football player as well. And I think Florida is in the, towards the top of his recruitment. Uh, the official visit will go a long way. His mom is a huge part of his recruitment. Um, and Florida has done a phenomenal job, not just recruiting Peyton, but recruiting her as well. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a tough battle to the end for him. Every school in the country just about seems like they want to get him on their roster. Um, but Peyton, Peyton's definitely somebody that Florida is very high on and is considering Florida very heavily. Yeah, it is quite annoying to be a fan and watch these kids talk about, I'm visiting here, I like it here, and then they go visit somewhere else and all that. They change their minds because, like, as a highly ranked recruit, like, you get to see, like, you're offered by everybody, so you get to see all sorts of campuses. You get to travel the United States, you get to be wined and dined, you know, here's some free food, here, here let's take you out and have fun at uh, Dave & Buster's or whatever they do on these official visits, so... When a recruit does that, it, it really, it doesn't even really, it irritates me, but I understand. Like, I was just like, if, if I was a highly ranked recruit, I'd probably take all the visits I would too. So we'll just have to see what happens with Peyton Kirkland. Um, let, let's go uh, tight end. It's been a little quiet. Um, I haven't really heard anything on tight ends. I know we have a three-star, Reed McKiska. He's visiting on the 10th here. Any tight ends in the fold for Florida besides uh, just McKiska? So that's really a quiet position. Um, I will correct you, though. I think Reed is visiting on the 17th, actually. I spoke to him not too long ago. Oh, did he? Um, Was it the 10th? Yeah, so his, his official visit. Let me double check real quick. But his, his official official visit should be on the 17th. Okay. Well, um, I'm not no recruiting expert, so thank you. <laughs> uh, just checking. Yes. Yeah, official visit for Florida is the 17th, uh, right, based on go. what he told me last. Um, but, yeah, tight end, like you said, it's been really quiet. Um, there's – they haven't thrown out a lot of offers. Uh, they haven't really been linked to anybody. They were linked to to McKiska's recruitment before he committed to Clemson. Then he commits to the uh, Clemson Tigers, backs off that commitment less than a month later. Um, and I know a lot of people in Oklahoma felt really confident that he was going to flip over to them. Uh, he hasn't done anything like that yet. Uh, Florida really likes the young man. And I think they sit in a pretty decent spot. We'll know a lot more after the official visit, but tight ends really a a position that's been really quiet this cycle. Uh, And rightly so. I mean, they took three tight ends in the last class. So um, I don't think it's a huge position of need, but if, if they think they need to go get one this cycle, I think McKiska is a solid prospect. And do you think that, it's the way that Napier uses his tight ends in his offense. Cause I did some research on, uh, I, I compared what Napier does to Dan Mullen from like last cycle, just to see how the offense would change. Um, when I compiled the numbers, I think it was 
30% more of the time Napier is like 20 or 30% more of the time Napier lines his tight end is up to block for the run as opposed to what Dan Mullen would do. Do you think that kind of weighs into why tight ends haven't really, I guess, taken interest in Florida? Yeah. So, I mean, it's the, the, the game of football nowadays is a passing league. So uh, you're going to get a lot more of the slimmer, slender tight ends that can go catch passes that can line up out wide. Um, like the Jaleel Skinners, like the Kyle Pitts, um, receiver skills in a tight ends body. Yeah. Um, and the way Napier runs his offense, he likes tight ends to get dirty. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of these kids nowadays, that's not what they want to hear. And listen, I get it. Like I said, it's, it's becoming a passing league. So you want to go get your stats. You have to be a special kind of person to be a quote unquote pass catcher and be willing to put your hand in the dirt 50% of the time and try to move the defensive end off the ball. So um, I do think that could, I guess for lack of a better way to say it, rub some guys the wrong way um, and, and make them want to go elsewhere because they're not going to be featured in the passing game like at other places. But uh, I, th- I do think Napier uses the tight ends well. It's just not flashy. Right. So that that could definitely affect the way the tight end board or the tight end recruitment um, goes over the course of his tenure at Florida. Yeah, I hear that, and I hate Georgia, but look at Brock Powers. That that's a prime example of a of a tight end that's probably going to be a first round draft pick. That, that that kid is amazing. I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but he is. <laughs> All right, man. Last but not least, this is a really interesting. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of prospects in the state of Florida, but especially at this position, running back. You know, we, we've seen Baxter takes his visits. Uh, he recently came back from Alabama. Tran Webb cancels his visit to Tennessee to come to Florida. These seem like They seem like the two main targets that Florida's after. You know, I talked to your, your buddy Corey Bender there a few weeks ago, and he said he wouldn't be shocked to see Florida take two this cycle. Uh, Richard Young is also a guy. He's, he's had his visits to Florida, but seems to be leaning Alabama. Uh, let's try to dissect it all, man. Um, you know, Webb seems to be favoring Florida. Young seems to be like an Alabama guy. Baxter just seems to kind of be a guy who hasn't shown much favoritism towards the school. Uh, Justice Haynes is another name that's popped up here as well, a guy from Georgia. What's your take on all of this, man? Yeah, so I definitely think Florida ends up taking two running backs this cycle. Um, they'll take the best two backs they can get in the class. Uh, so, yeah. uh, as would anybody. Can you blame them? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like you said, Richard Young seems to be, he's scheduled all five of his official visits. Florida's not on there. Um, now it could just be because he thinks he can get up to Florida anytime he wants. It's not too far away from home, but like you said, he does seem to be leaning towards Alabama. Uh, he has been very upfront about Alabama being his dream school. Number one running back in the country. Alabama's going to get kids like that nine times out of 10. Um, Cedric Baxter's one that, former Florida state commit early in his recruiting process when he was a freshman in high school, but now every program in the country is after him, <laughs> including the Alabama Crimson Tide now. So uh, yeah, he came back from his Alabama visit saying that Alabama is now his favorite school. Um, he's not been shy about saying that Florida is a school he really likes. Do you really, um, do you think Alabama's going to take two running backs? I wouldn't think so. I, so. I think I think Saban will stockpile talent any way he can to keep right. somebody that he plays against from getting it. Yeah. Um, a lot of recruiting, and, and Kirby's fantastic at this, by the way. A lot of recruiting 
is not just filling your roster with needs, but also playing keep away from your opponents. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Kirby learned from the best and Nick Saban, they're both outstanding at doing that. Um, but yeah, I think Baxter is somebody that don't hold your breath. Yeah. He's going to take it, take it the distance in his recruiting process from what I I've seen and what kind of I've gathered from watching the young man and how he moves. Um, but Florida's going to be in it till the very end. They were doing a great job recruiting him. Jabbar Jaluk has been phenomenal. Obviously, Coach Napier, and they he loves the style of offense that Coach Napier runs. Though it may not be appealing to some tight ends, it is definitely appealing to running backs. So you've got him. He's going to take it the distance, I believe. Um, Justice Haynes was one that I was really surprised to see the genuine interest uh, in Florida. His dad played at Georgia lives in Georgia. He's, he's a bulldog legacy, but he really, he seems to have an open mind in the recruiting process. Um, now, do I think Florida's the favorite? No, I still think Georgia's the favorite, but he's definitely, he's definitely staying open. He's got an official visit to Florida scheduled for next weekend on the 17th. Um, and they're doing a great job recruiting him. He had a phenomenal unofficial visit, I think about a month ago. Um, his dad even said it was probably one of the best visits they've ever been on. Um, so Florida, while they may not be the front runner is definitely a dark horse in that recruitment. And then, like you said, Trayon Webb, uh, Jacksonville kid, Florida legacy. Um, just somebody that I think is Florida's until it's not, um, obviously he's going to take all of his official visits and, and he should, uh, I did like what he had to say on Twitter not too long ago. He said, listen, I've been committed twice. Uh, I'm going to take my time with the process. I want to make sure that my next commitment is my last. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, well, you've already committed two times. Who cares? What? Just commit again. Just commit now. If you know you want to go, commit now. Uh, I'm tired of this. Um, and uh, it's, it takes a special kind of person to follow recruiting and not get annoyed by it, not get frustrated by it. Um, but yeah, I think Trayon's doing the right thing, taking all of his visits, making sure that the next time he commits, it is for good. Um, but I do think Florida's the favorite there. Uh, I think he could be part of a two, two running back class. And uh, if he's running back one, running back two, however you want to classify him, he's a, a top 200 prospect from the city of Jacksonville, where Florida under previous coaches really struggled in recruiting. Um, and Napier's done a great job of prioritizing the 904. And uh, I think he's going to do well there. Yeah, and if you look, there's no excuse for us not to land a top running back, especially in the state of Florida. If you look at just the, I guess, top 10, you got one, two, three, four, like five, at least five of the top 10 in the, uh, in the whole class are from the state of Florida. So you got to at least get one of these guys in the class. If, if you can get two, that's great. But um yeah, man, uh, Baxter seems like a wild card there, but it, it does seem like it, it. It does seem like an embarrassment of riches in the state of Florida for running back this cycle. So, we'll see what Billy Napier and staff can do there at that position. Um, you know, I told you that would be it, but let's circle back a little bit to this Jaden Rashada commitment, man. You know, coming up June 18th, I've discussed with a lot of people how important it is to Florida. It's 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 actually it's like do or die. It's boom or bust here. Obviously, getting a highly rated quarterback in your class sparks the offensive recruits to want to come to the uh, to the University of Florida. Sometimes it sparks defensive recruits. If you go back to the commitment of Tim Tebow, Brandon Spikes committed because Tim Tebow committed to the University of Florida. So, 
If you ask me, and I'm not the biggest recruiting guy, I'm picking Florida all the way, but Connor, your pick. What happens if Florida doesn't land Rashada in this class? And give me your pick. Yeah, Florida doesn't land Rashada. They're uh, in trouble. Yeah, they're in trouble. I mean, uh, you saw from the spring game, you have Anthony Richardson, you have a very large gap, and then there's everybody else. Yeah. Um, so Anthony Richardson has the kind of year that everybody expects him to if he stays healthy. He's going to the NFL after this year. I think there's no question about that. So uh, if you're Billy Napier, do you think Jack Miller can be a guy that gets you nine, 10 wins? Uh, from what I saw at the spring game, he's not. And I'm just yeah. going to be honest with you. Yeah. So I you agree. have to go, you have to go get uh, an elite quarterback. Um, you've, you shot your, you shot your shot at Vizina. He goes to Clemson. You talk to a couple other people. Um, it, it's really Rashada or bust right now. Um, if he doesn't commit to Florida, I think you could see them throw out a couple more quarterback offers. I think there are still some good quarterback prospects out available, but nothing to the level of a Jaden Rashada, Dante Moore, Arch Manning, those guys. So if you want an elite offensive class and really we see this every year, the quarterback is the bell cow of your recruiting class always. Yep. So you get a kid, regardless of what his ranking is, he kind of becomes the vocal leader of that class. You go get a five-star kid and everybody in the country starts taking Florida more seriously. Hey, Hakeem Williams just dropped a top six without Florida. You go get Jaden Rashada. Maybe he starts reconsidering Florida again. You get a kid out in California, Jaden Rashada. If he commits, maybe some kids from California start to look at Florida. Yeah. And I know Florida fans are going to say, hey, stay away from California. I hate California. Um, they've been burned too many times by kids out there. Just don't, um, just don't have a bad roommate. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, a, a, an elite quarterback in a recruiting class changes everything. Um, it's vital for Billy Napier to do that. I've talked to several people. Um, we're all pretty much in agreement. You have to go get an elite quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not Rashada, then I don't know who it is. Your pick. My pick. Uh, that's a, a tricky question, Dave. Um, no, but so so based off of what I've heard, based off of what I've heard from the official visits, um, based off of new information coming to light um, with regards to Oregon and LSU really, really putting the full court press on Dante Moore, I think it's probably down to Texas A and M, Ole Miss, and Florida. Um, if I had to put my money on a, on a spot now, I would say Florida. There you go. This, the the, uh, the uh, I guess not the 100% seal of approval, because you can't never really be 100% in recruiting. But at no, least it's, it's, it's almost a 100% seal of approval from Connor Clark. So I'll take that. I'll take that all day <laughs> long. <laughs> hey, Connor, man, listen, there, there's some smoke going out that he may take a visit to Miami next week before he before he commits on the 18th. That would be something if he does take that visit, I would be worried. Yeah, because that's, uh, that's I would be worried about Miami. They were linked to his recruitment early on. Um, but if he doesn't take that visit and Florida gets the last crack at him before he announces, from what I've heard about how the visit went, uh, I would have a hard time picking somebody other than Florida. Right. And, and like I said, it, it's it's a 2,000 mile trip. So if he wants to fly all the way back to Miami, then yeah, I would be kind of worried too. So Absolutely. that's how I would be thinking anyway. But I'm, as I said, I'm not the expert. But Connor, man, thank you for joining me on Getting Swamped. I know you've, you've, you've 
been in the recruiting game for a while, especially with the last half. I'm sorry. But at least recruiting is fun again. Can't you say that? Oh, absolutely, man. It's definitely more fun to cover now. There's a lot more buzz going around the program. Um, kids definitely are a lot more energetic, excited, coming off of visits. Um, so it's more fun to write for sure. Yeah, definitely. And this is the audio version, guys. So if, um, you know, obviously you're not going to see the video, but Connor's been smiling from ear to ear talking to me. So I know he's having a fun time doing recruiting now than he was uh, before. So that's that's a good thing. <laughs> Most definitely. All right, Connor. Thank you for joining me on Getting Swamp, giving us a big recruiting update, man. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a fun time. Uh, always great to chop it up with you about some Gator football, man. I do want to say, though, anybody that listens to this, I did just change my at on Twitter. I tried to get a little bit more clean. Um, my at is now Connor Clark underscore. Much cleaner now. There you go. You finally got that uh, situated there, didn't you? I got the I got the one out of there. I got the one out of there. I'm still working on trying to get that underscore, get rid of that underscore, so we could just be at Connor Clark. But uh, that's a work in progress. All right, work in progress. But you can follow Connor Clark at Connor Clark underscore right now until he changes it to maybe at Connor Clark. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Connor. Thank you for joining me on Getting Swamp, man. Thanks, man. All right, cutting to the chase here, man. I, I wasn't fooling around here on this episode. I wanted to cut straight to the chase here on recruiting. You know, get some up-to-date info, especially on five-star. Top 50 on other sites, Jaden Rashada, as he announces his commitment to the University of Florida on June 18th. But unfortunately, Jordan Hall did not work out for us this past weekend, but Corey Bender and a few other guys that are close to recruiting that I talked to were convinced that Hall was going to go to Michigan State anyway, but... I mean, still no excuse. you got to close, but at the same time, you're not going to get them all, man. I mean, but the good news is we're still in the running for a lot of elite recruits, way more than what the last staff had. So uh, coming down the stretch here, and, and as I said, keep your eyes peeled. June 18th, obviously, Jane Rashada. July 23rd, October 22nd, three big dates to circle on your calendar for Florida Gator football. And look, I, I do hate to say this because I do like to remain positive on this podcast and and I will, I always will be, but I'm also going to be very, very honest, cordial, and open with you guys, too. If Florida doesn't land Jaden Rashada, that's going to sting. I mean, it's a must-get prospect for this cycle. I mean, if you miss, there's probably not going to be many you can choose from unless there's a flip or a good veteran hops into the portal. Uh, I don't see Arch coming to Florida. I don't really see Moore coming to Florida either. Uh, Rashada's a must-get for Florida. And if you go to www.gettingswamped, I wrote an article that explains why Jane is a must-get in this class. But like I said, you have to close. I don't care whether it's NIL money that needs to be ponied up, uh, extra phone calls, text to the recruit, even shooting photos with a blue Lamborghini. I don't care what it takes. You have to close if you're going to compete in recruiting, period, with all the other elite programs. So we'll see what happens in six days when Jane Rashada announces his commitment and we'll see what happens when the Gators finally exit Phase 5 of Regimen and get to the next long-awaited phase we all want to hear about as fans, Phase 6 Trading Camp. But folks, that'll do it for this episode of Getting Swapped, your latest in football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swapped.